Ah, summertime. What comes to mind? No school for a precious few months. Cruising around town. Hitting up the beach. Parades, barbecues, and fireworks. Heading up the mountains. Flip-flops. All of the above. For me, summer is all about the footwear. Why, might you ask? Well, for starters, with everyone wearing less layers of clothes, shoes stick out more in a summer outfit than in other seasons. Also, whether you're going hiking, whether you're going to the beach, boating, walking around town, you name it, there's a summer-ready shoe waiting to be worn. What are our favorites? Stick around and find out. Welcome to the Immortal Souls Podcast, where we explore the history, stories, myths, legends, and hype that make shoes what they are today. We are Jared and Nick, two brothers with a passion for shoes. We are excited to have you along for the journey. Happy summer, folks. Well, happy end of summer, that is. Nick, can you believe that fall is in just a few weeks from now? I cannot. I just think, I don't know if it's just, uh, you know, 2020 or COVID or what have you, but this summer has just flown by for me. It's just been a been an interesting summer, to say the least. To kick off today's episode, and to get us in the right frame of mind, here's just a few interesting facts about one of my four favorite seasons. First, the Eiffel Tower grows about six inches in the summer due to the iron expanding in the heat. Watermelon is a delicious summer treat and a summer picnic staple. But did you know that watermelon is a vegetable in the cucumber family? Not to mention, there are over 300 varieties of watermelon. Speaking of food, Americans eat enough hot dogs on July 4th to stretch from Washington, D.C. to L.A. five times. That's over 150 million hot dogs. That's a fact to, uh, relish. Speaking of dogs, ever heard of the dog days of summer? What does that actually mean? The dog days of summer refer to the dates from July 3rd to August 11th. They're named after the dog star Sirius in the Canis Majors constellation, which rises in the sky during this period. Want to know the temperature outside? Here's a neat little trick. Go outside and search for a chirping cricket. The frequency of the cricket's chirps is consistent with air temperature, so... Just count how many chirps there are in 25 seconds, then divide by 3 and add 4. This gives you the temperature in Celsius. Multiply that by 2 and add 30 to get a rough Fahrenheit temperature. A couple more. According to the Guinness Book of World Records, the longest barbecue lasted over 80 hours, which is almost three and a half days. On April 27, 2014, Jan Grief of Columbus, Georgia, cooked up 1,000 hot dogs, 558 burgers, 526 South African sausages, 104 pieces of chicken, and 200 pieces of corn. And bringing things back to our favorite topic, Egyptians were wearing flip-flops as early as 4,000 BC. Proof of this is seen in various murals and artwork from that time period. As a preliminary matter, I'm going to sum my thoughts up in pretty much one thought. And that is, to me the absolute best summer footwear setup will always be low-top shoes with no-show socks. And, you know, Nick, aside from dress shoes, 
to me at least, it doesn't really matter what type of low top shoe you wear. I think this tried and true combo of the the low top shoes and no show socks, it, it goes with shorts, it goes with pants, it goes with anything. Obviously, we're going to get a little more nuanced than just that. And depending on how long this episode goes, I think it's very likely we'll probably split this episode into two episodes, but uh, we'll just see how, how long it goes and we'll have fun with it. So anyways, today, with summer coming to a close pretty soon, we are going to discuss our top favorite summer shoes. And Nick, to keep the conversation interesting, I don't think we need to necessarily pigeonhole ourselves into summer only. Um, yeah, I think we can keep it to footwear that we best love to rock in the summer, uh, but we could also, if we want to, you know, we can discuss shoes that are, would be good as we transition into the fall as well. So let's just kind of keep it open and we'll see uh, what shoes we talk about. I will kick us off today with the first shoe on our top 10 list, and that is Tech Sandals. More specifically, I'm going to talk about the Nike Air Deschutes. So those of you guys out there who are listening to this podcast, all of you guys that were around in the 90s, you probably remember the tech sandal craze. You know, the strappable, waterproof, they're often black sandals. They usually would have fairly chunky soles. And I swear everyone wore those. I, I know that I wore them as well. And quite honestly, from a fashion sense, I think they're pretty ugly, but they are astonishingly comfortable and you could wear these puppies anywhere. And... The specific tech sandals that I want to highlight are the Nike Air Deschutes. The reason why I'm talking about the Air Deschutes is because they just made a comeback in May of this year, actually. And they were originally released in 1992, and they were branded back then as a cross-training sandal. And I think that's a pretty accurate description, actually. You know, tech sandals, love them or hate them, they're kind of like the SUVs in the shoe world. You know, they can be worn with a variety of outfits and they can be worn in a variety of terrains and situations. So back to the Air Deschutes. The Nike Air Deschutes, they're a part of the Nike ACG lineup. Now, ACG stands for All Conditions Gear. And definitely just the ACG lineup in general, it, it has such a 90s vibe to it. You know, if you look at their like the shoes and some of the clothes that... Um, the original ACG branding included, you know, they have a lot of kind of those 90s color blocks and color patterns and stuff like that, which I think 90s is kind of making a comeback right now. So it, it, it's actually kind of back in style again. But anyways, uh, so the the ACG, the Air Deschutes, you know, they're just kind of your typical black tech sandal. You know, they come in a variety of colors, so they don't have to just be black. But uh I actually snagged a pair when they came out uh, on in the 2020 re-release, and I kind of got them just for nostalgia's sake, because I remember seeing and wearing those shoes back in the 90s. And obviously, these sandals aren't going to be worn any time in like a Milano fashion show or a catwalk or anything like that. But I got to say, I've worn them the past few weeks. Uh, my family and I took a trip to the Oregon coast. I wore them all around the beach. I wore them on some forest hikes, and they are super comfy. They're waterproof, and I kind of feel like that they'll last a long time. I've already worn these shoes, like I mentioned, on like a muddy forest-type hike. I've worn them at the beach. I've worn them in other outdoor situations and areas. And these sandals have performed like a champ. They're pretty cheap. They retailed in around the $70 range. And 
You can't really find them on Nike's site anymore, but they are pretty readily available on the resale market and you can find them resale for around a hundred bucks, give or take. So still pretty cheap, not too bad. And that is the Nike Air Deschutes Tech Sandal. Nick, I'm going to kick it over to you for shoe number two. Way to start it off strong, Jer. Uh, so yeah, my number one, well, not my number one, but my first shoe, um, I'm going to follow your lead. It's a sandal as well, um, but it is the flip-flop. But not just any flip-flop, okay? Um, I'm talking the budget flip-flops, and here's what I mean. So in my opinion, flip-flops have somewhat morphed into a shoe style, much like other footwear styles over the years, where you take an extremely simple style and idea, and that simple idea has been pounced upon by numerous brands, and it's turned that footwear style into a very expensive footwear, or at least into something way more expensive than it should be. Such is the case with flip-flops. And I have tried lots of different flip-flops over the years, different materials, thickness of soles, quality, price, whatever. But you know what? After all these years and after all this time, come summertime, I keep coming back to the same flip-flops year after year. And I'm talking the cheap ones, the ones like Walmart or Old Navy. And I know it sounds crazy, but it's true. And you know what? I kind of prefer the ones that, I mean, usually I find them like at Walmart and they don't run more than a couple of bucks, but I absolutely love the, the profile, the thin sole. I love how quickly these break in. I love how they are so simple and bare bones, how they look with shorts. I love the softness of the materials. And I love that every single summer I can go and grab a couple of pair for five bucks or less. And I usually just stick with black and sometimes I'll, you know, get adventurous and try a pair of white. Um, and that's, you know, that's, that's my first shoe right there. It's uh, simple, but for me, it's been time tested and I'm now fully converted to the cheap two or three dollar pair of flip-flops. So that's my first pick. <laughs> and I want to say, is it Old Navy? It's either on Black Friday or maybe they have like an end of summer swear, swear, sell. I, I swear that um, I think it's Old Navy. that They'll have a sell like once a year that you can literally pick up their flip flops for like a dollar a piece. It, it's oh, just sure. like like a ridiculously low amount. It's crazy. Yep. Yep. And, and I love it because... I feel like, you know, every year for a couple of bucks, I can get some flip-flops that will last me. Oftentimes they last more than a summer too. Yeah. And I wear them pretty hard. Um, but yeah, that's just, that's just what I keep coming back to. So. But what's awesome about them, which, you know, is kind of quote unquote cheap, the tech sandals are that I talked about, you know, those are still close to a hundred bucks. But what's nice about these one to $5 flip-flops, I mean, you can just trash them. You can wear them into the ground and who cares you know they, they oh, were sure. a dollar they were a couple and, bucks for sure and, and you know i wouldn't recommend i've i have tried to wear them on things like you know uh tubing or rafting on rivers and yeah i lose them every time so don't use them for that <laughs> but uh <laughs> but for everything else though um you know just being out and about um you know even like grabbing a bite to eat or you know going to the park things like that like i use them for for everything and uh they wear great they treat me well so Awesome. Well, okay, so the third shoe on our list, which is my second choice, we're going to get a little fancy. Well, not really fancy, but so 
the next shoe that we're going to talk about are espadrilles. And for those of you that aren't familiar with what espadrilles are, as the name suggests, it's kind of like a Spanish summer footwear. And these originated from regions in Spain and France. To be a little more exact, they were first discovered in the Aquitania and Catalonia areas of the Pyrenees as far back as the 13th century. So this being the case, espadrilles have obviously had an influence in the Basque culture. Personally, I think that's pretty cool because there's a large Basque community just right here in the area that I live in. So that's kind of cool. So with espadrilles, peasants would wear these centuries ago, and they're still frequently worn today. Basically what they are is they're a flat, usually canvas or cotton type of shoe. Uh, I don't know if shoe's the right word, more more of a slip-on style of footwear, I guess I could say. There are high heel varieties, especially wedges, which I'm guessing most people are familiar with seeing. You know, if you're familiar with kind of those high heel wedge shoes that look like they're made out of like a rope material, guess what? Those are espadrilles. And so those were made popular by the fashion designer uh, Yves Saint Laurent in the 1970s. And the espadrille style of shoe was revived here in the U.S. back in the 1980s due in large part to Miami Vice. From what I understand, the shoe was worn by the character Sonny Crockett. So that's pretty interesting. Anyways, uh, traditionally, the sole of espadrilles are made from, it's called esparto rope, which is a fiber made from grasses found in North Africa and Southern Europe. I actually owned a pair of espadrilles a few years ago, and they were super comfortable. My main complaint with those were that they weren't very durable. From what I remember, it seemed like just after maybe four or five months of pretty moderate use, they kind of started falling apart. I don't know why that's the case. Maybe I just got a bad pair. Maybe it was the particular brand that I got. But, you know, durability issues aside, I do have to say that they were extremely comfortable and they were pretty darn cheap. And as far as looks go, I kind of don't think you get more of a summer vibe than you do with, with espadrilles. So so there's that, I guess. Perfect. Oh, those sound great. I'll have to check those out. I don't... I feel like that's a shoe that I would I would recognize it if I saw it. But just yeah. listening to you describe it, it doesn't ring a bell. But I'm as sure. far as as far as guys go, I'm I, I don't know, but I'm guessing if you went to Europe, like especially in Spain, you know where they originated from, I bet you'd see them a lot more here in the U.S. I think most people would be familiar with seeing kind of those wedges that that girls wear. You know, again, that the heel of the wedges kind of looks like it's made out of like a you know like a hemp or a rope type of material. But um, as far as like the the more flat sold variety, I'm guessing overseas in Europe is where we would see more of that. But anyways, cool. pretty cool. Yeah, well, that's really cool. And, and you know, here in the U.S., who needs espadrilles when you have Crocs, right? <laughs> exactly. Or those five-toed shoes, you know? <laughs> exactly. So our fourth shoe and my second choice is a timeless, ageless classic that we all know, uh, Chuck Taylors, but more specifically, white Chuck Taylors. Because when it comes to summertime, nothing summarizes whatever you are wearing quite like a fresh or even slightly worn pair of white Chuck Taylors. And full disclosure, my favorite pair for the summer is actually, it's technically not white. It's what Converse calls natural ivory, which is more of a cream color canvas shoe, but it still has the white midsole and it has the red, white, and blue all-star patch on it, on the high tops at least. 
And the true white ones look great too, but I just prefer the look and the more graceful aging that you get with the natural ivory chucks. So low top or high, I think both look great with shorts, pants, swim trunks, whatever. Chucks are pretty darn comfortable. And the price difference honestly is minimal between low top and high top. Um, checking them out on converse.com, you know, you can get the low top natural ivories or low top of any color for about 50 bucks and the high tops just a couple bucks more for $55. And again, you know, I don't really worry about keeping these sparkling clean because honestly, a little bit of summertime wear and tear, I think looks great on this color of Chuck Taylor. And it really just sort of adds to the vintage, you know, timeless classic feel of the shoe. So not, not much more to say on that, but that's a, a strong, um, that's a strong second choice. It's a strong, you know, front runner in my top five summer shoes. Which segues perfectly into shoe number five. And I think this shoe in many ways is very similar to the Chuck Taylors that you mentioned. And that is the Vans Authentics. Honestly, guys, I think it's hard for anyone to dispute that if you were to crown a shoe that's the king of summer or the the queen of summer, you know, whatever the case may be, I I think that it would almost have to be Vans, right? I mean, you go anywhere, go to any beach town, you know, whether it be, you know, go to the sunny beaches of L.A. or or hop on over to Florida or, you know, down in Texas or wherever – It just seems like, especially in the summertime, everyone's wearing Vans. And why not? They look so cool. Vans are one of those shoes. They're kind of like Chuck Taylors. I think they're ageless. They're timeless. They don't ever go out of fashion. They don't ever go out of style. They always look cool. But for my pick, I'm singling in on the Vans Authentics. And the Authentics, I believe they might have been the first... I might be wrong on this, but they were the first or one of the first styles of Vans to release when the shoe company was first founded. And kind of like you, Nick, when it, you know, with the Chuck Taylors, you said kind of the cream color is nice. I kind of agree that the same holds true for the Vans Authentics. If you're going for a nice summer look, I love kind of the off-white or the cream colors or like, you know, maybe a, a nice solid blue color. Basically, just like the, you know, the single color shoes you know ones that that don't get too crazy with the patterns but just the the classic color vans and you know if you're a teenager there's obviously some checkerboard patterns and other stuff that look pretty cool but for us slightly older folks you know i think anybody can rock vans but especially you know the older you get like i'm i'm uh, pushing 40 here pretty soon uh, I, I think that the solid tone vans that they're definitely age appropriate and they're always in style and really not much i don't want to kind of beat a dead horse here Uh, There's really not much more to say about this. Uh, You know, vans kind of speak for themselves and everyone knows what they are. And, you know, they're very recognizable. And I think they're always in season, but especially in the summertime. So when I think summer, I think vans authentics. I love it. I've been wearing my authentics all week long. So I hear you. I feel you. I think a couple of solid pairs of vans for the summertime and you'll be all right. And that wraps up part one of our discussion on our top 10 favorite summer shoes. Join us next time as we discuss the remaining five.
Thank you all for tuning into this episode of the Immortal Souls podcast. For more information, show notes, pictures, or just to say hi, check us out at immortalsoulspodcast.com, Instagram, or Twitter. Original theme music by Scott Spriggs. Five-star reviews are always helpful and hugely appreciated. Until next time, keep walking the roads less traveled.